You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. this several ways. The woman tells her husband that the child's okay, so he immediately won't bury him. The woman tells the servant that the child is okay because she only wants to talk to the prophet. However, I believe that she, like Abraham, talking about the sacrifice of Isaac in Hebrews 11:19, it says that Abraham concluded that God was able to raise him from even the dead. What a tragedy for this woman to have her only son die in her arms. But in Pastor Dave's teaching today, you'll find out more about her, her unwavering faith in God. You'll see in the way she handles this situation that she's not given up on her child. She's going to pursue God's best for her boy, and no one's going to stop her. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4 as he continues his message. Elisha, a worker of miracles. We need to not grumble when we help each other out, when we show hospitality one to another. Again, who are you helping out? Who are you showing it for? Are you showing it because you want to be recognized? Are you just grumbling? So she shows us hospitality. Let's leave 12 through 18. Then she said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gazhazi answered, actually, she has no, uh, no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace the son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day he went out with his fathers to the reapers. So because of this woman showing great kindness to a man of God, God was now going to reward her. God was going to show her kindness. God was going to pour out his grace upon her. It's interesting that the scriptures tell that there are rewards for showing kindness to others. Proverbs 14, 21, he who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he or blessed is he. So we see that happiness is a reward for being hospitable to others. In Proverbs 19, 17, we see that the Lord will repay those who have pity on the poor. It says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he, the Lord, will pay him back what he's given. So when you give to the poor, you're actually giving to the Lord. Well, that's scriptural. What did Jesus say? When you gave the cup to the least of these, you gave the cup to me. When you serve the least of people, you're really serving me. Do we have that in our minds? 
There's also deliverance in time of need, even when considering the poor. Psalm 41, 1 and 2. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. If you read the great story of Ruth, Boaz says to Ruth in Ruth 2, 12, the Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to you by the Lord of God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. And we know that the Lord truly blesses Ruth, not only by being the wife of Boaz, but she becomes the mother of Obed, who is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David, who would be the greatest king in the history of Israel. And Ruth is now listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And I just love that. And where did she come from? Can somebody tell me? Moab. She's a Moabitess, and she came from Moab. Jesus says something in Matthew 10, 40 and 42. He who receives me, and he who receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, by no means will lose his reward. So the Bible is quite clear about the rewards that can be found by showing kindness, by showing love one to another. And as we do this, there's a reward. We don't do it to get a reward. But there are rewards that come by showing the kindness of the Lord, by showing his love. We know the kindness because we have been shown the kindness. We've been shown such kindness by a great and awesome God. How much more kindness can we be shown by his son dying for us, loving us in the midst of our sin? How much more kindness and grace can we receive as he showed us? It's amazing. We show kindness because so much has been given to us. So much has been given to us, so therefore we show kindness one to another. So the Shunammite woman did not show kindness and mercy to the stranger to get a reward, because when she was asked, she replied, I dwell among my own people. She didn't want notoriety. She already was a notable person. She didn't want to dance with kings or sit at their table. She didn't want any of that. She says, I'm content here with my own people. I don't need anything else. She didn't want Elisha to intercede with the great God because she had no desire to be treated like a great person. This is an act of humility. I see a lot of great qualities about this Shunammite woman. She really is a cool lady. She doesn't want to be considered great. She wanted to minister to Elisha and his servant because she wanted to serve the Lord. This was a ministry of love. It was a love ministry. You want to serve the Lord, but you don't know where to begin? Begin by showing kindness. Begin by being kind to the Wawa person who's being mean to you. Be, begin by showing kindness to the gas station attendant, to somebody who does this, to somebody who does that. Begin by just being kind. A simple, hello, how's your day with a smile? Instead of demanding, be kind to people. Be kind to your server at a restaurant. Don't treat them like they're second class or third class citizens. Tip them well, because they work hard for the money. No song there. Don't go there. Show kindness. Be hospitable. Sharing the abundance of what was given to you. Remember the kindness that was given to you? Just share it back. The Lord has given me so much. I have to share back with you. I've got to give back to you. But Elijah finds out through his servant Gehazi, I love that name, that the woman has no child, specifically a son, and this was important. The prophet predicts that the woman will bear a son at the same time a year from then. Very similar to Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 18. 
Abraham and Sarah entertained strangers, showing them kindness and hospitality, and one of them predicted that she would have a son. We know that the son would be Isaac, the son of promise. Another attribute of this woman is she's extremely respectful. She shows the proper respect for the servant. When he calls her, she doesn't go into his room. She stands at the door. It shows respect for what's going on. The woman shows many godly attributes, and she's being guessed, but don't forget, her husband is being blessed too. Her husband is reaping the benefits of her blessings. Oh, guys, the action of our godly wives are blessing us. This husband has no son. We're not told why. But to not have a son in this culture was not a good thing. Being barren in this culture was looked down upon, talked about, and being mean to. No heir, no namesake to carry on, not anyone to look after the wife if something should happen to him. A godly woman is a treasure, and yes, husbands can be blessed by the actions of their godly wife. It's the actions of the godly wife which led me to Christ and a complete blessing. It was the action of my godly wife who led me to Christ. If it hadn't been for her actions, I'd have never found Jesus Christ. I believe. Charm and beauty fade over the years, but a woman who walks with the Lord seeks to please him, that beauty will never fade. That beauty lasts forever. A woman who prays and reads God's word and seeks to obey the Lord has a radiant glow about her, and her husband is drawn to her, and a godly wife is truly a gift from God. So this woman does indeed bear a son as predicted, and God's grace brings forth new life for her. There's no life existed. She was barren. But God's grace brings forth new life. And isn't this his strong suit, bringing forth new life? God loves to take that which was dead and make it alive. God loves to take the barren womb and give birth. God loves to restore relationships, whether it be man and a woman or friends, family, whatever. God loves to take those things that were dead and make them alive again. That's his strong suit. Resurrection is God's strong suit. And he wants to do that for all of us. He wants to restore the years the locusts have eaten. He wants to give you back the years that have been gone away from your family members who have abandoned you, from your kids who have left you. He wants to restore those years because he loves you and he wants to give you that. He wants to show you those things because he's a great and awesome God. You got a lot to read now. Let's go to the end. The child grew. Now it happened one day that they went out with his father to the reapers and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to the servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called her husband and said, please send me one of my young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. And then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went up to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, it is well. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, 
Did I ask a son for you, my Lord? Did I not say, don't deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready. Take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother said to and the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child. And there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, the child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. He went in there, therefore, shut the door behind him, the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house, and again went up and stretched himself on him. Then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opens his eyes. Then he's called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite woman. So he called her, and when she came in, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Oof. Wow. Oy vey. Oof. What a story, huh? What a story. We don't know what happened to the boy, but he dies. He dies in his mom's arm. Many scholars believe, since they were out in the field with the reapers, that it was heat stroke. Many scholars believe that it's a very, very warm day and the boy died of heat stroke during the harvest. It doesn't say so, so we can only conject. But a mother's tender love could not keep the boy from dying. The child of promise that was given by the prophet, the child of prayer given to her by the Lord, this was a mother's nightmare, the dying child. But this woman doesn't give up. She perseveres and she's persistent. She believes that somehow God could do something and she wants to get to the man of God. Nothing's going to stop her. And we begin to not only see a mother's deep love for her child, but a mother's faith in the living God. Yes, she's brokenhearted, but if she has confidence in God, remember we quoted earlier Psalm 41, 1 and 2, blessed is he who considers the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Well, here we see that deliverance. This poor woman, the confidence the woman has can be first seen in verse 23. She gets the donkey to travel and she says to her husband, all's well. And she leaves. In the midst of her trouble, she continues to show the prospect and respect towards her husband and submits to his authority by asking if he could get a donkey. Even at all this time, she's still submitting and saying, may I have a donkey? Help me. She even pleads with him, saying, please let this go. She has confidence because she gets to Mount Carmel. The prophet sees her coming and he sends his servant. She doesn't want anything to do with the servant. She wants the man of God. She says, get away from me. All's well. What confidence? All's well. The boy died in her arms, and all she can say is, all is well. I love this. Now, look at this several ways. The woman tells her husband that the child's okay, so he immediately won't bury him. The woman tells the servant that the child is okay because she only wants to talk to the prophet. However, I believe that she, like Abraham, talking about the sacrifice of Isaac in Hebrews eleven nineteen, it says that Abraham concluded that God was able to raise him from even the dead. I believe this woman knew in her heart that this man of God could do that. Maybe she had heard about Elijah. Maybe she had heard stories about Elijah raising the other boy from the dead. 
Maybe she had heard this, but anyhow, her faith was strong and she wanted to think what God would do for her. It doesn't say that, but we can think that. So the woman shows great perseverance and she shows great persistence. She goes all the way to Mount Carmel to get the prophet. Remember, about 25 miles away, she rides on this donkey. This is a mother's love demonstrated to the nth degree. She's determined to see the prophet and bring him back. She doesn't want a substitute. No servant's going to do. I want the real thing. Don't be sending me a servant. I want the guy. Don't do this to me. She's determined. How many times in the Gospels do we see people coming to Jesus and bringing their friends, wanting him to come to their home to heal their family member? How persistent they were. Remember the guys on the roof? who It was so crowded where Jesus was. These guys were on the roof that they chopped the hole in the roof and let this guy down on a mat. Remember? So that Jesus could heal him. These guys were persistent. They wanted Jesus. How about the poor woman with the issue of blood? Oh, the poor woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years. She's in the crowd. She's unclean. She's not afraid of getting stoned. She's not afraid of anything. And she's pushing her way through the crowd. And she goes, if I could just touch the hem of his robe. I know if I touch the hem of his robe, he'll heal me. What persistence. What faith. That's the kind of faith this woman had. You have that kind of faith? This is great faith right here. This is incredible faith. She doesn't want a substitute. She doesn't want the servant. She wants God. She wants a man of God. And she's determined. And she's not murmuring like a mother might murmur. She's not complaining to God, why did you kill my son? No, she's fixated on getting this guy. I love this. This woman shows some great faith, man. This woman really has it. She doesn't complain to the servant when he greets her. She continues to believe in her heart that the child will be raised. In 1135, a Hebrew was to speak so that by faith, women received their dead raised again to life. Speaking about this gal, no burial arrangements needed. The boy's going to live. And she wanted that. Every time I talk about this type of thing, I'm reminded of the story that Jesus told in Luke 18, 1 to 5 about the woman who wanted the judge to make a ruling. And she kept standing at his door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. She's persistent. The judge would open the door and she would make, wanted to make a ruling. He said, go away, get out of here. And she kept on knocking. And he said, keep on knocking, but you can't come in. But she kept on knocking. And she knocked and knocked and knocked. And finally he said, okay, okay. She was persistent. And Jesus was saying, this is how we need to be in prayer, persistent. Perseverance and persistence. Some people say, you should just pray for it one time and let it be done. Okay, you can do that. But I like this lady. I want her on my side. I want her in my prayer warrior closet. Yeah, that's where I want her, man, because she was persistent. Knocking on that door. Yo, read it for yourself in Luke 18. It's a great story. This woman had persistence. I love that. She had persistent faith. She had faith. She had persevered. Riding 25 miles on a donkey. Ouch. Man, she rode 25 miles on a donkey. Climbed a mountain to get there. And we're up high. Where do you get the Carmel? You'll see it's high. She climbed up a mountain to get to this guy. She had to ward off the, ward off the servant. Get out of here. I'm going up there and see him. What persistence. It's rewarded. The prophet says, okay, Gehazi, you go and lay your staff on top of the child. It doesn't do anything. The child stays dead. When the prophet arrived, he quickly sends everyone out of the room. He said, get out of here. Get out of the way. But first, what did he do? What does it say he did first? Prayed. Shut the door and prayed. He prayed. I love that. 
He didn't just go in and take his cape and throw it buck his shoulder and go, I'm here. He prayed. He sat, he prayed, took time to pray. The boy was dead. How much more dead can he get? He prayed. So he prayed to the Lord. I love this. I love this one. And then he stretches himself out over the child, just like Elijah did in 1 Kings 17. And he gets up and he walks around the room. And he comes back and he sets himself back down on there, back down on the child. He was seeking the Lord's power. He was seeking God's power in all of this because he knew he was helpless in and of himself. And this is one thing I like about these guys. He knew he couldn't do it. He knew he couldn't. Yeah, we call him the miracle worker, but it was God who was doing the miracles. God would just be using him. I mean, he didn't go on a road show after this and have a stage where he called people up and heal them. He didn't do any of that. God was the healer. God is always the healer. You can take medicine. You can have doctors work on you. You can do all sorts of things, but God is the healer. God heals. The boy sneezes seven times. God's perfect number. The healing's complete. God had blessed him. And he says, pick up your son. I love that. Pick up your son. He's okay. I wonder if he said, now give me something to eat. No, he didn't say that. Doesn't say he said that. Doesn't say he said that. It wasn't Elijah that gave the boy's life back. It was God because only God can restore life. Only God can take a barren woman and make it alive. And as I said, this is God's strong suit, resurrection, bringing that which was dead back to life. I mean, leave you with this great quote by Spurgeon that didn't come from David Guzik's commentary, by the way. It's a great quote by Spurgeon here. The Holy Spirit works by those who feel they would lay down their own lives for the goods of others and would impart to them not only their goods and their instructions, but themselves also. If by any means they might save some. And then he quits the, oh, for more Elishas. For then we should see more sinners raised from their death in sin. Yeah. I just like that story of the Shunammite woman. That's pretty cool. We have a time constraint here, but there's so much in there. And I'm sure that I didn't do it as justice as someone else could. And you might be able to get in there and even find more information in there. You can find tons of information there. You might be able to read it more. I mean, we didn't, we didn't dwell a lot on the oil being the Holy Spirit with the woman in the vessels. We didn't, we didn't dwell a lot on that. There's so much in here. But we have two more miracles in this chapter alone. There are two more miracles to come. And then on top of that, we get into chapter 5, and we have our buddy Naaman. Naaman comes a-looking to get healed from leprosy. And that great thing. So it's really interesting. This is a great time. Just reread these things. I hope that just whet your appetite so that you would go back and read and study the scriptures for yourself. Open up the Bible and say, Lord, through your spirit, show me. Show me. And then sit and read. And then just let the Lord show you and read it. You know, you can read it through, but read it through slowly and kind of stop and meditate on it and see what the Lord would show you. And write some things down. I'm sure you have some wonderful things to show you individually as we go through these scriptures. Because what we do here, we kind of shotgun it. We go through the verses pretty fast sometimes. But I want you to get excited about it and read it for yourself. Amen? You are our time with you today has come to an end on A Sure Hope. But in our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue teaching through the book of 2 Kings. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We gather each week for a time of worship and Bible study. Our service times are Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Feel free to give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit assurehoperadio.com for directions and more details. If you prefer email, go ahead and email us with any questions at info at capewatchradio.com. You might be interested in knowing that for those who aren't able to come in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live and on YouTube Live. Just look for a link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of 2 Kings. We're looking forward to the next edition as Pastor Dave will share more from this Old Testament book about the rise and fall of many kings. There are lessons to be learned about leaders who were just people. May what you hear give you a sure hope. You've rescued us.